Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. to another episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Uh, once again, uh, Bill and Linda are off on one of their adventures, uh, actually at TeslaCon, and uh, Bill will actually be giving us an update later on in the episode. Uh, so right away, though, I'm Seth, and joining me this week... I'm Charles. I'm Jenna. And I'm Chris. Hey, and this week we're going to be talking about The Peripheral, a show I don't know anything about. Uh, so, Chris, maybe you can tell me about it. Is it The Peripheral, or The Matrix, or The Lawnmower Man, or Ready Player One? Hey, 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 to be clear, The Lawnmower Man movie had nothing to do with the short story that was written by Stephen King. Even though... <laughs> They took the rights of the of the story, and then was like, you know what? We should just take a bunch of cocaine and <laughs> add lights in our in our wet dreams of what uh, you know virtual reality is going to be. Yeah, and that's a lot more. So, along that note, the peripheral, <laughs> if you can't tell by now, is some type of virtual reality show. Um, it's actually based off a, nor- a novel by uh, William Gibson. And it's created by the uh, guys who did Westworld. Uh, hint, hint. That means a complex uh, universe being made up of which I'll just kind of spoil it now. It's not as good as Westworld, and we'll get into why. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was initially uh, renewed uh, in February for a second season, uh, but it was scrapped in August, unfortunately, due to the strike. And we'll talk a little bit about that maybe on another episode. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure this series uh, was something that was going to claw itself back anyways. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, You know, the overall synopsis of it is, you know, a young woman by the name of uh, Flynn Fisher, who lives in uh, North Carolina, I believe, um, is trying to raise money for to pay for her mother's medication. Her mother's very sick, uh, is not doing well. Uh, In that process, you know, while it's bleak for her mom, there's not a lot of time left. Her and her brother, Burton, seem to be doing okay, making some money, playing some uh, VR games uh, for some extra cash kind of on the side. And um, she notably has a very high skill set in what she's able to do in these games. And ultimately, I believe it was her brother roped her in for a job that he had that was going to pay big. And so she agrees to do it. And... um, in that, uh, it also came with this new uh, VR next-gen type system. And um, when she went to participate in this game, we come to find out that it's not really a game, but it's a reality that's maybe not in the too distant future, uh, specifically roughly like 70 years or so ahead. So when they join these headsets, we come to find out that they're actually controlling these 
uh, robotic slash androidish type bodies um, in the future. So they're not they going into the game. Cars, they call them peripherals. Yeah, they call them peripherals. And uh, uh, we uh, we come to learn that these peripherals can be tweaked and you know have certain uh, abilities, so to speak. And uh, that's kind of where this show takes off is uh, the realization that they are going into, uh, they're being pulled into a future uh, to deal with some issues or find some people, um, deal with some political strife, a bunch of different things, as it turns out, by the time we get to the end of the show. Um, and it gets a little bit weird when we get to the end, but that's kind of the basis of what's going on. We have multiple plots intertwined loosely at times. <laughs> and, uh, there are plots that occur in the future and there are plots that are occurring in the past, somewhat kind of together. Um, you know, you have this woman in hiding, um, uh, Alita West, who seems to be holding some secrets about whatever is actually going on. Um, everyone appears to be an enemy, whether it's friends in your own timeline or a peripheral slash stub of the future. And then we get a realistic viewpoint of like future tech, which is where I kind of found interesting in this uh, from a VR standpoint and how it's intertwined. Well, not just a VR standpoint, but human augmentation. Uh, the military guys, her brother and his uh, his band of, uh, uh, I'll just call them a kill squad. Ex-Marines, <laughs> um, yeah, they're a bunch of yeah, ex-Marines. Maybe a little bit yeah, concerned about like our future of our military and the kind of the augmentations that they'll have. but. As as you can as you can hear, the snaps just kind of grew into this big multiple thing going on. That's because that's what the peripheral is. It's a lot of different things. So yeah, you know, start with wherever we want to start in this, Jenna. Uh, so there's, I think it's safe to say there's probably four big themes or problems that are trying to be addressed. So, or at least explored in the series. There is what happens in the future when tech becomes bigger and bigger, but economy and the U.S. is basically falling apart. Mm -hmm. Because in Flynn's world, it's you have to imagine it kind of like a coal mining town where there's not much going on. Yeah. There's not opportunity except for a big drug lord who, who kind of has a grip on the town and but keeps it safe from the outsiders and VR, thanks to technology and this print shop that Flint works in is kind of how they make side money. Um, her brother's uh, friend that Chris talked about, you know, in this type of environment, there are a bunch of vets as we see, you know, these people coming back from issues because there was a big civil war, apparently between Texas, they call it the Texas Outback. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the states. So it's it's that level of, you know, as technology advances, what opportunities actually are going to exist because so many things are gonna be uh, mechanized. There's the issue of, is there an apocalypse coming? Because what the future ends up doing is the whole reason this technology is developed that of a peripheral to go back in time is their theory of time is once you go back and change something, you create a new timeline. Oh, yep. The so, stub. yep, the stub. So at some point, there's what you call a jackpot, where there's a perfect storm of drought, 
war, grid failure, uh, and disease. That, Janet, that doesn't sound like a jackpot. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. a tongue in cheek. Just working into it's it. A, okay. It's a tongue, yeah, it's, it's a tongue in cheek thing. And like 7 billion people die within a short period of time. So uh, what's left in the future is this restructuring where you have the cops, the wealthy crime lords who basically helped pull order together and um, the, the research institute, which is trying to find ways to avoid a future jackpot, but also make an environment that is psychologically uh, healthy that people will even want to go on living. So like in the future, most of the people you see walking down the street are just uh, like NPCs to yeah, make like you feel. it's a holographic world. Yeah, it's a mostly like integrated virtual reality so that you don't see the, the breadth of the destruction. Like buildings that they're working on trying to slowly bring back are actually built because everyone has an implant that supposedly keeps them safe from the toxins of the environment of the jackpot. And if you take out this implant, then you're going to die quickly. That is what everyone in the future has been told. So exploring this concept of how much control do you surrender post-apocalypse? Uh, because uh, that's actually that's two things in one. It's the uh, the apocalypse, how does the world survive, especially using technology so people don't lose their minds and you maintain order? And then how much control do you surrender to the government for that order? And then the ethics of this whole time travel, because like I said, they create a new stub every time they go back in the past and interact with it. And what the Research Institute is doing is they're mining resources and information. So for one example, they developed a new type of military weapon that's hack gear. So they took that technology back to the past, incorporated into the government's use of their units and just tested how effective it was, but ultimately like killing people and getting people maimed because they can just send it back to the past. And then in an instant, they know the results of their testing. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, so if it, creates another if it creates a stub mm -hmm. are they then on the stub if they like send it back to the past they don't people are so it's basically the people the future they're stuck with their timeline no matter what nothing in the past that they send backward is going to change what has happened the jackpot has occurred but they yeah. basically create viewing windows in a multiverse okay so they can see so, the other timelines. Yep, yeah. they can see the other timelines, but they have to, they basically have to keep that address of the timeline in whatever reality using their technology so that they can continue to view it because if they lose access to that timeline, likely they'll never find it again and they'll lose the research. Hmm. So as Flynn stumbles into the realization that this is, this is all real. It's not a VR. And she's being used because what she was used in her first mission to obtain was something from the research institute, some tool, some technology that um, 
the future doesn't realize they're using to potentially control him. So mm-hmm. they keep going back and kill her. And she's trying to find a way to uh, undermine them and hopefully not get her family killed because basically there's a hit on them yeah. from the future. She but the, crime, the battle on two fronts, one in the future and in the past to stay alive. But like, what's the Institute's goal with the other timelines then? Like, can they get over to a better world if they find one that they like fix or they're What's just trying to do it for the good of that one timeline read no it's research it's research and control for their own so like spoiler alert if they can develop a technology to control the minds or the behaviors of people then they have compliance mm. so the jackpot will never happen again oh uh, okay <laughs> So they're doing they're, it at the expense of everyone in the past, though. Or in the, uh, yes. Of multiple everyone's in the past. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a new timeline of lives for every time they go back in metal. Yes. Yeah. Well, that makes so, them right bastards, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. And that, that's where it adds to the complexity of these different, these different timelines. Because in the future, there's not just one player. Uh, on the field, there's there's multiples, uh, some trying to expose the truth um, of, of what, what happened and how they got to where they were at. Uh, Jenna mentioned those implants. The implants were also, I believe, messing with memory. Um, yes. But he was keeping them from remembering either if they were alive during a time, what happened in that past or what happened during the quote-unquote jackpot. Uh, they got them to where they're at. And so, as Jenna mentioned, the, the big lie or the big thing was if you take those implants out you're going to succumb to whatever diseases and die and and whatever but it also turns out if you take that implant out as we come to learn from um alita west um you start to remember what actually happened and the death and the the chaos and where all the bodies are buried Tens for the of new world order from yeah, the all, jack all in the name of the, all in the name of the new world order yeah uh, and, because uh, when, go ahead. Yeah, when you have that much chaos, depending on where you're at, there are going to be a leadership that's going to try and control the chaos. And what happened to control the chaos was obviously a lot of massacre to pull people in line. Mm-hmm. Yep, just snuff out, snuff out those that did not fall in line, uh, in mass, bury the bodies, and. Uh, a nice virtual curtain over everything uh, to make everything uh, nice. Um, so all those Greek, uh, all those uh, giant statues are virtual. Most of them are, I yeah. think. Like they are rebuilding society, but there's so few people to actually rebuild because there's a lot of robots in this world. There are a lot of robots. Period that do the work and stuff. So it's not rebuilding quickly, but just so people are mentally like not depressed because they see destruction everywhere, their uh-huh. implant projects. Yeah, that's what I was. I yeah, they kind of lost us too bad. They lost me partly because of that. Cause I'm like, well, it, it didn't make sense, but now it does. I think. I mean, coming out of a bleak world would be so. Um, um, whatever, rich, visually, was not uh, making sense to me. So. Yeah, and and that's that's why is 
it made it, it very hard to continue. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, um, you know, uh, uh, Flynn kind of struggled with that. And she, one of her good friends in this, uh, uh, Wilf, uh, played by uh, Gary Carr, um, kind of gets real close in terms of relationship with her. And he, he's also had a troubled, mysterious past. And, and he's primarily the one trying to hunt down Alita and find out where she went to. But um, Wilf is kind of key in helping Flynn understand um, kind of the two realities of the future that she's going to, uh, meaning he helps her pull up the curtain a little bit to see beyond what's been filtered out um, to see kind of the chaos and the destruction and the wasteland that's out there. Um, because at first, I mean, her first couple trips, if not her first few trips, she really doesn't have any idea. Um, yeah. And so he's the one that kind of helps her to understand, like, look, it's not all rainbows and roses out here. And kind of the cool thing on the technology side is, you know, the, the implants allow you to have certain controls with like your hand. Um, so you can do certain motions to turn things on or off or turn the volume of certain things up and, and down and whatnot. So he, tell, he teaches her how to basically uh, unveil the curtain. And it's one of the first few times, um, maybe a third of the way through the series, maybe a little later than that, that he kind of unveils the wasteland to her. And then you're like, oh my God, this place is wrecked. It's ghost town. Yeah. It's an absolute ghost and town. Everything around them from most of the people and everything, children playing, kids on bikes, whatever, None of it was real. Um, and so um, that part was kind of <laughs> distressing because I was like, well, it was kind of a cool uh, world to be in when she was in the future. Uh, but now I hope that they keep the curtain on because it was it was pretty depressing to look at. Uh, and they do for the most part. They don't they don't show it too much. But that's also kind of how a lot of people live there. They live with that curtain in front of their eyes. So. Yeah, it was well. Good. Well, they 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 did it well enough that you could see wanting the curtain if you were there. Yeah, yeah. Take that pill. Yeah, and, and if even you were like, man, I I think I prefer the curtain up. <laughs> like imagine <laughs> living there. Yeah, and and that's where Chris kind of said in the beginning. You know, it's kind of the Matrix. It's kind of this. It's kind of that. Um, yeah. That that choice of do you want to know how bad the world is or do you just want to be safe in your bubble and go on. So yeah, like you the ability to double click your finger and tune it out, you know? So there's a lot of really cool technology in the show. If There's a lot of different things for people. If you like a cool mystery thriller, That's it's got, it. if you like uh, shows about sci-fi and time, it, that's there. If you want to, you know, fantasize about what technology might like be in the future or even the near future, there you go. If you enjoy disaster movies because you're a prepper and you want to be feel justified in what you're doing, there you go. <laughs> yeah. If you like, if you like uh, action, this this yeah. has um, uh, fight scenes that are up there with the best of them. Honestly, uh, very well choreographed. Um, very cool fight yeah. scene here. Nothing. Nothing that gets even way out of the realm of um, you know possibilities for physical for physicalness of people that doesn't get like crazy you know not like matrix like or anything like that but pure martial arts and pure just hard effort and, and grit and just grinding through a battle so 
all of it's kind of there and it was pretty it was pretty entertaining from that aspect so um yeah it was definitely pretty good in that regard i think you hit the nail on the head jenna it's got a little bit of something for everybody yeah if you're looking for a cohesive plot though like <laughs> but this is where i'm going to agree with you uh so i think the plot was definitely cohesive but it was just had to be rushed at the end and here's the, I, and i get yeah. I, I get adapting books and you're not sure if you're going to get the renewal for the season two because it ends on a cliffhanger. But at the same time, I could be at peace with the way they ended it. If it doesn't get renewed, I, I, I'm, there are some series that when you find out there's not a second season, it just makes you angry and you wish you'd never watched so that it. Was, that was me at the end of this though. And I not on this. And see, I, this is kind of why I don't, I'm hesitant to watch some of these first first seasons of these streaming things. Like the better they are, it's going to make me even more angry and sad when the company just cuts them. I thought it was too good to get the cancellation of the second season, even though I had my doubts of their ability to claw back the plot. Um, I felt that that maybe. You know, the, the, the first season should have been longer, so it didn't have to feel rushed. And I get where they, you know, you can only do so much with what you have. But I felt felt like at some point they crammed too much in there um, mm -hmm. because it left so much. They did a good job of you understand what direction it's going to by the time we get to the end, especially regarding uh, Flynn's fate. Um, that got a little weird. Um, and uh, spoiler alert. Um you know, Flynn takes a bullet at the end, and uh, um, it's all to kind of, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Jenna, um, fuck up the, the uh, goal of kind of the research institute and mm -hmm. to kind of plug a hole, if you will, in the whole messing with the timelines, and then she kind of comes to in a future uh, in, in the future, which explains a lot of oddities that they were talking about when they ask about Flynn in the future, that she's nowhere in the records, like she's just not there. Which mm -hmm. again is weird, because then it means that she she closed the loop, so to speak, or she she did what she was supposed to do. If in the future she, there was no record of her, it's because she was dead, and she goes through it. It's all weird. It, it's timeline stuff, but. Oh man, time travel stuff is really hard to write well. It, it, it is, and this was again, this was done well. I just thought that there were too many plots that all equally got as deep that it was hard to focus on any one of them. And because timelines get messy, and in this one they were getting into different stubs and different changes and stuff, I felt like when when Flynn comes across the what do I want to call this this device of how they were controlling their their time travel, right? It had the mm. it had the map of the timelines, right? And it showed the stubs on it. And she picks one and and destroys the machine, I believe, and then does her thing. And the whole thing just kind of got, for me, weird. And I wish they elaborated more on that. And I get where they're like, well, look, I have to get back to my other four or five plots here to continue those storylines too. So I can't spend any more time on this one. So I... The ending didn't leave any, you know exactly what direction every plot is going in the ending, but you don't actually get to see what ultimately happens. So, yeah, 
I threw a chair, honestly. I, I was like, come on. Uh, uh, to, that, to that point, I was invested. It kept me invested that whole time. Uh, yeah, the characters were really good. That's just it. The characters were really good. They seemed, they felt like real people. Um, you definitely get invested in them. And it's like, I really hope they, they pull back and do the season two to wrap up what they've started. As, as far as I know, they, it's been canceled, but I guess we'll see if that changes in the future. I, I think it deserves a second season. Um, I think the creators of uh, Westworld probably had a vision that was going to make this all kind of come together. Um, and let's mm -hmm. be frank, in Westworld, it took several seasons, and it's not going to happen in one or two with, uh, with this. Um, with the quality that they put into this, um, from the CG to the actors, all of the actors were phenomenal. Um, yes. It was, it was amazing. And um, I just felt like when we got, when we got to the end, I, I would have rather seen this called, you know, season one, part one or something, or I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a part two that's missing, and we do deserve the rest of it. I have my doubts on how they're going to claw it back, but I haven't also read the books to know um, how this is supposed to play out or how close they are to it or whether they're kind of throwing their own stuff in there. Um, I'm ready to read the books after this. So I hope he, if even if they don't renew a season two, I hope people go watch this, get fascinated, and then go buy this guy's books. Yeah, I, I added um, uh, the book, I think, to my uh, audiobook collection because it is interesting enough to where I want to know uh, how close they were to it and ultimately where they were going to go and whether or not it all starts to kind of come together. So uh, it's that good of a story. It's actually pretty great. Well, I mean, this, I, I, looking up really quick, I would kind of expect it to be a great story since it was written by William Gibson. I actually mm -hmm. haven't read any William Gibson, but he wrote Neuromancer, which started Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. Like, that was the book that started Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. So, like... Okay. <laughs> If you see so, if you like some cyberpunk stuff, it's only because like William Gibson invented it. <laughs> oh. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, I uh, it it was good again, and and uh, you know there was uh, from the technology side, the VR equipment was pretty cool, um, and uh, the augmentation of the military soldiers uh, on that. They had these uh, additional implants that kind of allow allowed them to communicate with each other either through their mind um uh they could talk to each other and everything uh but not only that but they could control things like drones um they could uh they had uh, enhancements to like sight um at one point i was creeped the hell out because they were able to control one of their fallen comrades um he was already kind of uh stabbed to death uh, and, and murdered, and they managed to jolt his body somehow to kind of cause a distraction. That was freaking weird. Um, so there's, uh, uh, you know, there were some cool things that they showed there, but then you had to think back to, you know, what kind of uh, torture and experimentation was done on them to get them to that, to get them to that level uh, where they're this, you know, five-person elite military squad or, or however many there, there were of them. 
it can take on like 50 or 100 people. It was yeah. pretty nuts. But um, that that was kind of a interesting uh, soldier augmentation by technology that they had in there, which was pretty cool to see. Um, the, the haptics and everything they bought in. And it actually gave them kind of an advantage when they did. When some of them joined in the future and they went to the other things, they were able to quickly adapt uh, to the peripheral bodies and utilize the augmentations that were built in because they had already had experience with some of it um, in their own timeline. Uh, which mm -hmm. gave them a combative edge, um, which unfortunately was like short-lived given like it's so late in the season by the time we get to that point. Yeah. Again, it's like, man, we really didn't get to see them take off with those peripherals. Like we get the, we get a, a, a little bit of a splash to show that they are above the average person in terms of controlling them, but then season's over now. So uh, that sucked. Uh, I was looking forward to more of that, but um, yeah, it was it was good. A lot of cool things. A lot of cool things. So, oh. I mean, I think I might check out the book myself, no. but I don't deal well with cliffhangers. So that's fair. No, that's absolutely Big fair. cliffhanger, dude. Big cliffhanger. Yeah, I can't. Sorry, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, uh, Jenna, out of uh, what would you give it out of 10? Oh, uh, I would say the only reason I would give it a nine out of 10 is because they didn't finish it. Like they didn't give it a season two. This is probably one of my favorite sci-fis I've seen from the quality of all the casts to the technology to the, the what ifs. Um, I, it was great. Like, I, I just, I want to see the end of it, which is why I'm probably going to read the book, too. Yeah. Um, for me, it was uh, just like you. Uh, the cliffhanger drove it down for me. And for me, it was, for me, it feels like a bigger, bigger deal. So I'm in more like an eight out of 10, seven and a half out of 10 or something like that. Uh, just because, um, again, there was so much going on. Um, that there was no way to get to any kind of ending uh, that was going to be satisfactory. And, and they had to have known that going into it at some point. And again, I wish in the way that it was written, they'd had future commitments already in hand to make at least a couple more seasons or something. And they don't do that. And it's disappointing. It's like, guys, don't, don't go on these ventures as something that will be incomplete if you can't get it guaranteed to make the, the second one. So is what it is. But otherwise, I mean... If, if you're into the entertainment and, and you're not some other person, give, give it a shot. See what you like. I guarantee it can carry you to the end. Uh, and, you know, eat your feelings after. <laughs> uh, so, Charles, what do you think? Well, I didn't finish it. <laughs> I started. Did, uh, well, I, I am wondering, do you start having sympathies for the future people? Because it, it felt to me like you had you had the the girl from the trailer park and her brother who's mm -hmm. part of an elite squad, which eh. and then the the future people didn't seem um they just seemed mean. They are. I and, and that was and I I don't that's probably part of the reason I just sort of stopped because I'm like I don't I'm not feeling it. I I could care less if we destroy them. 
<laughs> you know, it just that's where they I have, they have it coming. That's for sure. Uh, no, you don't feel a lot of sympathies, except maybe for Wolf. But even then, Wolf was uh, taking advantage of Flynn uh, to an extent as well uh, to get what he wants. Everybody was working somebody in the future, so it's hard to have a lot of sympathies for them uh, when it's really about Flynn and her family and trying to survive being meddled with by others. I kind of wish now that I, 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 when I might do this is just skip ahead to the last episode or last two. I would do the last two because the last yeah. one's a yep. trip. Yep. And then, then and, see if, <laughs> if I need to fill in. And you, you're going to, I think if you skip ahead uh, and only go to the last one, the second to last episode has one of my favorite lines from the whole series. Okay. Well, I will do that. That works for me sometimes. I've, I, there was another, I don't remember which one it was now, but with, with Bill, had, I was having problems with, and then we watched the last episode, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> now it's worth it. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that being said, anyone else have anything? No, check it out, or at least go check out the book. Um, if, if you uh, read the book and then saw the series, what what did you think? Yeah, did it do know. Did you like it? Was a good start? Yeah, there's a whole anyone trilogy, so you can... don't create season two. Yeah, there's a trilogy, so you've got some reading ahead of you. Yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> And well, with that, I think we should uh, call it an episode. So, everyone, have a good week, and uh, bye from Galactic Driftwood. I don't remember how we end these. <laughs> Later. Later. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>